I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. today's podcast episode weeks ago, weeks before I traveled overseas by myself, weeks before I had 10, 12 days on my own and connecting back to what it felt like who I used to be, the woman who traveled the world on her own, just explored and saw life as an adventure and felt free to do whatever she wanted at whatever time she wanted. As those of you who follow me on social media will know that this is the gift I received when I was overseas for tapping back into who I used to be and that now that I'm back in the reality of three children, a marriage, a business, a life in Sydney, there's a little bit of grieving going on. There's a bit of grieving for that life I tasted yet again just a few weeks ago and how I can integrate that with my current life because I know for sure that the idea is we're not meant to lock away one part of ourselves while we're raising our children. As the beautiful Deborah Poneman says in a previous episode, our Dharma does wait for us but yet in the meantime we don't just lock that part of ourselves away. And so when I sat down to edit today's podcast for you all, I had to laugh at myself because so much of what we talk about in this episode today is exactly what I needed to hear. How do we make motherhood and normal family life feel a little bit more free, a little bit more like our old selves? How do we rewild motherhood? bringing back in purpose and passion and a space to be that creative free woman again. Because as you'll hear in this interview with a beautiful mama of two, artist and writer Geordie Bull, she too found that in the process of losing that part of herself, that free wild traveling part, she really lost so much of herself and it has been a process of rewilding rewilding herself and her life to ensure that there is space for her you'll love this episode it's super inspiring how one mama decided to go on her own adventure to find herself again and how we can all do that too enjoy 
This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me, and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honor motherhood differently. Geordie, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I've been so looking forward to talking to you today. Thanks, Amy. Likewise. So let's go right back to the beginning, as I often like to do, to the transition from woman to mother. How did you feel about motherhood as you entered it and what was the reality like? Okay, well, I felt like I went into motherhood fairly blindly. I was just so excited to be a mum. I was 27, which I feel is quite young now. And I was just excited and I thought that the baby would sleep and I'd have heaps of time for painting and I'd start some kind of creative business and all my dreams would come true and the baby would just sleep. Mm -hmm. And obviously that doesn't happen and no one seems to be able to prepare you for that. Um, Yeah. Mm. I agree. I think there's... um there's still such a sense of, oh, phew, I can have this space now to just connect with my creativity and be a mama at home. And we really, some of us can really go into this with such a clear image in our mind of what it's going to look like. Yes, that's exactly, yeah, I had, it was all roses for me, my vision of it. And what was the reality like? So the reality was with my first child, to be honest, it was pretty lovely. I still did paint. Um, My first child slept through the day quite well and I was just, I felt so purposeful. As soon as she was born, I just felt like I've got a purpose. This is what I'm here for. And I did coast along pretty well with my first child, surprisingly, because I wasn't super ambitious in a career way. I was... Before I had my first child, I'd done a lot of traveling and I kind of just lived for adventure and I was a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a, I was just drifting around. And even when I met my husband, we'd traveled a lot. We traveled Australia. But then when I had my first child, I just knew I felt on purpose probably for the first time in my life. But then when I had my second child, I really, really struggled. Looking back, what was the struggle, do you think? I think what it was is I just, I felt like, I don't know who told me this or where I absorbed this, but I felt like it was my job to give my kids everything, to be present with them 24-7. And I didn't really struggle with that with my first child. I used to read her books. I'd spend all day doing stuff with her and I loved it. But when my second child came along, I couldn't 
I couldn't spend all that time with both of them and it always felt like someone was suffering. So when I was with him, I felt like my daughter was suffering and when I was with her, I felt like he was suffering. I just felt like, and then my husband as well, I felt like I had to be everything to everyone Mm. and I couldn't be. And then I, and I completely forgot about all the stuff that made me me at that point. And that's about as close as I got to, um, depression or anxiety or yeah. Yeah. So when did that all culminate and, and what did that look like? So at the time, me and my husband and the whole family were living in a small town in the middle of the desert in Western Australia. As you 40, yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone does that. Um, 40 degree heat. My husband had a really demanding job um, and I was quite isolated and I couldn't go outside a lot of the time. And But still, even under those circumstances, I, I kept on thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm not enough. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I used to ring my mum every single night and <laughs> eventually I just started to to take the power back myself and just say no, no to a lot of old beliefs that I'd absorbed. And st- to, I guess I just started to question a lot of beliefs about the self-sacrificing nature of motherhood. Mm. And that's and I, when things started to look up. And I really want to hear how you turned that around because you've been through such a beautiful experience of really rediscovering yourself within this and realizing that you need so much more than just that motherhood role. But looking back now, do you think that that struggle came from this feeling that your purpose had been found in motherhood? Because that's a huge thing to put on yourself. You suddenly think, right, I know who I am and what I'm here to do. And it is to be the mother. And so when you don't nail it every single day, then you therefore feel like you're not even living out your purpose. You're not, you're not even doing what you're here to do. That's a huge expectation on yourself. That is so true, actually. I, I haven't, I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, it's like the thing that you're here to do, you're failing at. That's, yes. how, I, that's how I did feel when my second child came along because I just had such high expectations of myself. It's it with uh, with being a mother so yeah and then I started to see that the opposite was true that actually when I filled my own cup this has become such a cliche now but I don't think we can tell each other this too many times that yeah as soon as you as soon as I started to fill my own cup and do what I actually am inclined to do then my kids sort of picked up on that energy and a lot of the problems I was having started to fall away Mm. that is so true they do they pick up on the energy don't they and you know one of the words I use a lot is that we're space holders as women and mamas and I just I think that that is when I've spoken to women about that there's almost a rejection of it like I don't want to be the space holder I don't want my energy to affect every single person around me why do I have to be responsible for having a positive outlook so everyone else can feel positive. But the truth is we are that role, especially with little ones. They pick yeah. up when we're not happy. They pick up when we're resentful, as do our partners and our the people around us. It's huge, isn't it? Yes, it is. And nobody tells you that. There's no, there's no education around that. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it would be so much more helpful if we went into motherhood accepting the fact that we really need to take care of ourselves and put ourselves first so we can take care of our children because that energy is real that they're picking up on and all the, yeah, the behaviour problems and all that kind of stuff. So much of it is based on our energy and our ability to hold the space, like you said. Oh, I agree. And I hope that we are starting to talk about that better. And as you said, the self-care message is a bit cliched now, you know, fill your cup so you can fill others. But I love that you said, I don't think we can say it enough because it's true. We can't say it enough because the truth is we're still not doing it. (laughs) That's right. And I don't know if you experience this, but I am the biggest champion of self-care in the world. But I've got these cycles where I'll be go be going along really well taking care of myself and all of a sudden I'll fall off the wagon and I'll need some kind of reminder to get back up and keep on taking care of myself. Oh, Jordi, that has been such a pattern in my life that I have literally had it tattooed onto my wrist. Literally, <laughs> I have had a tattoo. I'll take a photo and send it to you. Yes, do. It shows the spiral that we go in, where we, we're going up and we think we're doing really well and then something happens and we go backwards and we fall off the wagon, but actually we're just preparing to go up higher again. It's Because that in my journey has been the biggest struggle is that I feel like, okay, I've got it, right. Mm. I know what I need. I know what they need. I know how to manage this. I know how to balance this. Awesome. Off we go. And then something happens and I think, I'm back here again. Yes. And in actual fact, we're never back anywhere. We are always moving forward because each time we do forget what we need, it's a beautiful reminder of how important it is and each time it gets easier and easier so I hear absolutely and something I'd add to that too is that each time you fall you go a little bit deeper into what self-care really is for you and that's what I've found and that's how I've come to the to the concept of rewilding motherhood is that I've just like self-care for me started off as having a cup of tea alone or meditating that kind of thing, and then I've just gradually dropped down into what it really means for me moment by moment. Mm. Let's explore this beautiful idea that when I read the way you wrote about it and explained it, I had goosebumps and thought, oh, this is so important. I want mamas to understand this. So as you Mm. say, many of us come to the self-care experience with really tiny steps first. Maybe it's that cup of tea. Maybe it's a simple meditation. Maybe it's just starting to read a book again. But when we start opening that door, it just new worlds open up to us. And so this is what happens to, happened to you, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. And I'm, I have to say that I think it's corresponded with my kids' ages too. Mm-hmm. Because in the ba- in the baby stage, you really are just getting by, aren't you? And that cup of tea or that five minute meditation is probably the most realistic way to take care of yourself at that time. Exactly. But as the kids get older, if you don't keep an eye on it before long, you've, you're volunteering for everything at the school, and you're working twenty four seven, and you're juggling a whole lot of things instead of taking care of yourself. Well, that's, that's what I found. I was taking on a lot of work instead of taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's so common. We just go into automatic superwoman mode. Absolutely. That's right. And you've really, 
I've found I've had to really be on the ball and the concept of rewilding motherhood came to me because I thought I want to get that feeling back, that what, that sense of wildness and that I'm in charge of my own life. Mm. Especially as a traveller, you're someone mm. who previously to motherhood, you were such a wild woman. <laughs> If you yeah. don't mind me using those words, but in a sense of travel and freedom and spontaneity and the, the nomadic lifestyle and all of those things were such a core part of yourself that we have to make sure that that is still honoured even though you're a mother. Absolutely. And that's what I didn't understand when I had my first child. I just thought that's it, chapter closed on would I go as just a mother. Mm. So how did you bring that back? I started off by realising that creativity was as important as sleep, as good food, as all of the basic things. It, it, it's the thing that keeps me tethered to my wild self. Mm. So at first, I'm, I'm sure a lot of mums experience this, where creativity is the first thing to go because it's unproductive and it's kind of pointless, isn't it? But we think it is. We think, we it's, think it's pointless. And pointless. Yes. Yeah. You're like, who has time to pick up a paintbrush? But I found that I actually was starting to get sick without it because I've relied on that to keep me sane my entire life. So I started to, I, I got a, together with a friend and we started painting once a week when my kids were quite young and we'd sit up pretty late and just talk and have cups of tea and paint and that was just so, I just felt a million dollars when I started doing that. And what did you need to tell yourself or allow yourself to do to be able to prioritise that? Because what I find with the mummers that I talk to is they may be listening to this podcast and realise, yes, I miss that part of my life too, but it's the decision to give yourself permission to do that is really, really hard. It is. It, and I find that I just found that my life depended on it. Mm. I felt like I was going to go down the road of having to take medication to survive. That it, it felt so vital to me when I noticed that that was making me feel better and it was making me a better mum and a better wife. I thought this is important. I don't care anymore what the world says. I'm going to prioritize this because my life absolutely depends on it. Mm. And so that was a few years ago you started doing that. So what does rewilding motherhood mean to you now? Uh, rewilding motherhood means living according to your natural inclinations. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means to me. It means just keeping that connection with your real wild true self throughout the day. It's not doing wild stuff. It's, it's an attitude and a way of being that you can cultivate. And so if you, for example, so many mamas I've spoken to really miss that freedom of travel. I think it's yeah. one of the key things when I talk to women and it's the spontaneity, the freedom, you know, the, the travel experience, all of that. If that's part of the wild part of yourself, how do you do that when you've still got the mm. What do we do in the reality of this? Well, there's something I do that this is something that me and my partner have worked out that we, one thing I do is probably three or four times a year, 
I pack up my car and I drive to a random town that most likely I've never been before and I rent a little cabin for the weekend and I take all my paints and my yoga mat and I stay there for the weekend and just do whatever the hell I want to do. On your own. (laughs) Completely on my own. And I've been doing that since my youngest was about two years old and it felt so wrong at the time. I felt so guilty when I first did it. And still to this day, all the mums I know ask me how I manage it and don't I feel guilty and yada, yada. But I don't feel guilty because my husband goes away on golf trips and so does everybody else's husband and they don't feel guilty. That's right. Men are, <laughs> men are so much better at prioritising themselves than we are. And it's- they are and we can take a leaf from their book. Like that's, yeah, and you, and you come home from, I come home from something like that And I'm just, I feel good in myself and everyone's happy to see me and I'm happy to see them. And it really doesn't put anybody out if it's planned in advance. And there's so many benefits. I mean, not only do you return full and happy to be there, but also it allows your partner to connect with the children differently and it's role modelling to your daughter and your son, but mostly to your daughter, that this is how you Balance yourself as a woman. It is not about giving all the time. We must receive and give to ourselves as well. That's right. And then when you come home from something like that and you've given to yourself, then the giving you're doing to your family is natural, isn't it? It's not strained. It's not from a place of sacrifice. That's right. I mean, the further I go along this path, Jordi, the more I realise that I think we, we fail to recognise as women that we have these different roles within us, these different needs within us. And the resentment, the anger, the anxiety, the depression, the disconnection from our partner, all of those things come from us simply not realising that there's a core part of us that is not being seen right now, that is not getting the time of day, that is not having its moment at all. And if we could just give those parts of ourselves, like you say, the wild part of you, the one that was so free and connected beforehand, if you can find a way to honour her, even if it's four times a year, everything else feels different. Yes, that's it. And then on top of the four times a year, there's all the little things that you can do through the day. Like you can sometimes, I'm sure that you find this or did find this as a journalist, Computer at work all day without a break gets you down, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, it actually (laughs) makes you feel flat and terrible. So now I've just changed my talk around that to say I'm going to get up and wander out in the garden until I feel better and then I'm going to come back to it. Just that kind of thing or I'm going to take the kids out for a bushwalk even though it's raining. Yes, yes. All those things are a little bit wild, aren't they, without having to actually go anywhere. Oh, absolutely. And I I think, you know, you can even get even more practical. It's what you put on in the morning. You know, if you, if uh, I remember, I think it was a podcast interview with um, a beautiful author by the name of Amy Malloy, um, who talked about um, connecting with the, with the feminine energy when she's really in that masculine work mode she's also a writer and a journalist and so sometimes it's just she said it sounds really silly but sometimes it's even just putting on a flowy skirt and doing my work on the beach with a flowy skirt on that makes me feel connected to a different part of myself again and I think it can be that practical we don't have to 
I mean, I would love it if we could all go away for weekends on our own, but we can start smaller than that. Definitely. And it's, that's the most important stuff. I think if you start small, then you do start to, it, it, when I said it's a way of being as well, that's the attitude that actually gives you the creativity to put on a flowy skirt and work from the beach mm. because a lot of women are just not even close to being in the mindset to even think about putting on a flowy skirt. I agree. Yeah. Yes. So you, you get there by just, it's a habit, isn't it? It's a mental habit. Oh, it's completely a mental habit and habits are just thoughts that we keep repeating. And yeah. so what we have to do is start to create a new thought pattern, which then becomes the new habit. And therefore, before you know it, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. My life is completely different when I th- than what I thought it would be like. I yeah. so assumed that my career and my life would look completely different, but I am so grateful now that it has this yin and yang this balance between the mother the partner the creative person the the ambitious person but that is a daily choice yes you're right it is a choice and yet if you view it like that you feel so much better rather than here's a huge list of all the things I have to achieve today to be worthy of yeah I, I think that's I still think, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this a lot on your podcast, but I still think there's that real, I'm not good enough mm-hmm. underneath so many of the decisions that we make as mothers and women. And just being aware of that can help us to make different choices. Mm. And also thinking of that idea of rewilding motherhood, I think our children need us to do this too. They are growing up in such a structured and busy world. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think this has brought to your whole family for you to be able to connect to this wild spirit within you again. Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you, I don't know if my family would have anything to say about it. They don't know any different now. But I think my husband would know that the thing he loves, he loves me he loves being around me when I'm at my best because I bring everybody up and I'm spontaneous and I've got good ideas and that sort of create that creative, spontaneous, flexible person who I am. And the kid, it's the kids just feel the energy of it. And then there's the opposite when I'm not in that mode of that rigidity and that perfectionist kind of thinking and everyone in the family just freezes up and gets really cranky. Mm. So, yeah, so it's something I I don't know what they would say about it, but it's something I noticed that my mindset has the hugest impact on the family. Yes. Uh, I I think there's a book here, Geordie, you know, The Rewilding of Motherhood. I hope that's on your creative list because I think it's a really, really beautiful idea and a reminder that we are we do not have to close the door on this part of ourselves right now. As you said at the beginning, we assume that, okay, I'm the mother and I'm the wife or the partner. And that means there's parts of myself that aren't there anymore. They may be small and they may be just a little bit there, but they have to still be there in one way or another. Yes, absolutely. For for our health and the health of our families. And as well, it's just a beautiful way to live, to view yourself as the artist of your own life. Oh, that's such a great line, an artist of your own life. 
Yes. Yeah, because then your whole life is a work of art. You're not just waiting for that spare second where you can sneak away and do a painting or bake some bread. It's like you're constantly creating in your own life. Oh, that's perfect. I've just got goosebumps. That is the best way to look at it. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're sharing this and writing about it because I think it's super important for all of us to connect back into that part of ourselves again. Thanks, Amy. And I so appreciate the work that you're doing too. You're actually one of the people that brought this to my attention, that oh. sort of stood up and said self-care. Oh, there's, not, there's still not a lot there's still not enough people talking about self-care and you're one of the ones who's been championing it for so long. Thank you. I'm glad we're doing it together, getting yeah. the message out there. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. It's been lovely. I love so much about today's episode. It's just a mama who has gone on her own journey of trying to find herself again, which is what Happy Mama is all about. I love bringing you the experts and the gurus from around the world and promise to keep doing that all of the time. But I'm also going to start interviewing mamas, mamas like you, I hope, who are finding their own answers to balancing this split we feel within ourselves, balancing the old part of us that needs some creativity or freedom or independence or passion and our dedication to being the best mummers we can be as well. How do we do that? How do we rewild in our own way? If you have a moment, please share a review of this podcast on your podcast player in iTunes so that more mummers can find this and join the conversation. Until next week, Satnam. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.